Hello and welcome to the Pants Party After Party. Hardly a party tonight, Ben Ross. Ben, how are you? Uh, I'm Harrison. This is Ben. Let's get straight into it. <laughs> wham, bam. Thank you, ma'am. Oh, I won't be joining you there. Uh, you know, whatever. I'm fine. It stinks. I uh, lost, but like, I don't know. Like all the other losses this year, I'm not fucking worried. I, I I think because because I saw just went through your recap on blackheartgoldpants.com and I I guess it depends on what you're worried about to me to me I, I'm done with the consideration that Iowa can win the Big Ten championship regular okay. season like and, and we'll probably get into this on the the longer episode but that's really kind of what tonight's loss showed me. Um, I think you you framed it appropriately. A lot of breaks didn't really go Iowa's way. I'm gonna probably think about them for for a little while. How a team goes the last ten minutes of a game without fouling someone is frankly beyond me. Um, but that's the type of game that we see a Wisconsin pull out all the time, where they have no breaks go their way. Somehow they're in it, and somehow they pull out a win along with the horseshoe up their rear end. So that that's where I'm at. Um, still a lot to play for, but I think a Big Ten championship's out, out of the question, and that's my main takeaway from tonight. I mean, I don't think it's out of the question just because there's so much, so many games left for every team, you know. <clears throat> yeah, we have to remember, you know, C.J. Frederick didn't play tonight, and um, Jordan Bohannon just, you know, was kind of man- manhandled uh, up against – Illinois is much more athletic guards. So I were really, I don't know, outside of East Camp, as good as he was, had, had no perimeter, perimeter game to speak of. And so if, if that gets taken, you know, uh, another strength is taken away from a different team from Illinois, you know, if Dasumu goes down or, I mean, Frazier was on freaking fire tonight. If they they have a, you know, a starter, the same thing can happen to any team in the Big Ten, not just Illinois. So, I mean, I'm not as, pe- I'm just t- not as pessimistic as you, I guess, you know, and at the same time, I, I just simply just do not care about Big Ten titles. I care much more about Elite Eights and, um, you know, obviously one is indicative of the other possibly potentially, but uh, and you know, uh, and also at the same time too, I'm a big believer that Iowa had eight days off uh, between its last game and now too, and I think that kind of derails momentum of a team with this kind of makeup. So I just think there's a lot of bad factors going against us, um, and I just can't really say it strongly enough that uh, I don't think it's time to hit the panic button. Okay. Like, uh, yeah. Then I think we're. we're- Maybe in agreement because, like, I, I don't think this changes the March outlook of this team necessarily. Yeah. There's there's still going to be a nightmare for whoever they have to play. You just hope that through seeding and playing, finishing this season out well, that it's a worse team and not a better team, right? So, so I think that those are probably broad implications to discuss further, and we can table for later. But I, I think you really hammered at home. As it looked tonight, you kind of look at Jordan Bohannon's stat line, and he's kind of the the Gazette had something framed up pretty well in terms of, well, as Iowa goes, so does Bohannon. And on balance, his stat line wasn't horrible. Two for six, six points. Um, arguably, you know, two for five because that 
last three really didn't count. Five assists, couple turnovers, nothing to write home about. Perfectly fine. But really, that's not the type of Jordan Bohannon that Iowa needs to perform well in the Big Ten. So that's kind of what, what I see as something that sticks out from just the general feel of tonight's game. I think more than anything, well, not more than anything, but also importantly, too, it's not, you know, a lot of times when these games happen, we're left scratching our heads after a decision Fran did or didn't make. I don't think the coaching did anything to hamstring Iowa's effort in this game. I think it was a perfectly fine game on, on Fran's end. That I, I I would have liked to see even more Joe Tucson. I, I think okay. it was – I also think I'm, it was – an impressive, but to back that up, like he had a, an impressive halftime adjustment to go with Tony Perkins cold off the bench, who yeah. played, who played his tail off. Kid played very well. So yeah, uh, that that uh, the lineups were weird, but they've been weird all year, and I don't know if that's going to change. He, I mean, he was vindicated too by his lineups. I think you know Iowa kept the game within two points for, for the seven minutes Garza wasn't on the bench. Uh, I mean, yeah, we can obviously. We're are we ever happy with Joe Tucson's playing time? Though we're not. So I mean, (laughs) yeah. So at this at this point, we we break it in, and I had a friend. I'm gonna you know regurgitate a lot of dumb things my friend said today, but this is the only smart thing one of my friends said was: looks like Joe Tucson does the easy things with difficulty and the difficult things with great ease. And I think that's exact. Like that's one of the smartest things I've ever heard. Right? Yeah, that's absolutely what he does. Because, like, you you look at his his versus Bohannon stat line, on balance, not all that different. Six points, three or five shooting, one offensive rebound, no assists, two turnovers. You'd like to see him have more assists as a point guard. But he mucks it up. He got a steal. He was just weird around the basket. Yeah. And you're exactly right. Once he settles down and does kind of what Fran wants a point guard to do, which is be smart and controlled and be varied in how you can score, I think that we'll finally see Joe Toussaint play 28 minutes. But it's just like, yeah, he, he your friend hit that right on the head. That's exactly how Joe Toussaint plays. Uh, yeah, but this this same friend then went and blamed the loss on Iowa's defense and went on to say that 75 points should win you 100% of games you play, which is just a flat-out lie. So, you know, <laughs> every... <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I, I think that the thing about it is like 80 points is the race for Iowa, is what it comes down to. And Ken Palm had the points per possession at 1.14 which is kind of above the threshold for whether the defense was good or bad, in my opinion, which is 1.1. So there, like, like you said, there were a lot of factors that went against Iowa in this game. And if you're hoping to compete for a big 10 championship, you still have to come out with the W in that instance, but they couldn't. And did we learn anything about Iowa that we didn't know before? Maybe, but not necessarily. Like, Jack Nunchy played a hell of a defensive game. Like, that stretch of three to four minutes that he played with Garza on the bench was as good of 
uh, defense rim protection, as I've seen in the last, probably have to go back to some crazy stuff that Ola Shaney was doing because he was awesome. Um, and it, Iowa kept themselves in it, but they just couldn't pull it out on the road. That, that's really kind of, you know, just frustrating. I mean, yeah, I, I guess and at the same time, too, is, you know, we were starting Keegan Murray in there. Was that was that his first start of the year? Yeah, it had to have been. Um, mm-hmm. So, that, I mean, and what? he They put him on Donsumu, right? To, like, that's just the other thing, too, is, you know, maybe Keegan Murray is a better defender than C.J. Frederick. We can have that conversation. I don't necessarily believe that. Um but it's just another, you know, weird, 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 weird thing that muck things up for Iowa is just, I, I guess, what's going into the preparation for all this too. Yeah, I mean, I, that was a, a no-win situation for Murray, and I don't think Dosunmu's, I can never say his name, Io's first half is a an indicator of how good or bad Murray is. I, I think it was an unenviable task that he had to guard to guard him. Like, I mean, he's gonna, he's been in this league for two plus years. Murray is just getting his feet, had a very good game otherwise, but yeah, I mean, Desunmu put him in, in a blender multiple times and Iowa really kind of struggled to find the right mix until the second half and Perkins put up, played well against him, but uh, it's just, ugh. There's just not enough good man-to-man defenders within Iowa's starting lineup, and that's really kind of what what those defensive discussions come down to, which I guess is why your your friend blames the defense. Yeah, I suppose you're right, and I just think it's e- really easy to blame. The Also, worth knowing, we held Illinois to three points below their scoring average, season average, whatever. Anyway, um, it's just so easy to blame the defense when – when this team, when Iowa uh, scores 15 fewer points than it's averaging all season long, that's another, like, we were, held, you know, I was averaging 90 points a season, or 90 points a game, rather. Um, that's, you know, 15 points below is a huge freaking, you know, culture shot, 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 shot in the arm. It, it, you know, it's, it's just a weird feeling all, all around. Yeah, I mean, Garza was 9 of 18. It, it, it what what's increasingly clear is that teams that can uh, convincingly defend him one on one are the teams that can make him seem human. Because nine of eighteen for nineteen points is a, a very good night, but for Luca Garza, it feels like kind of in addition to jo- Jordan Bohan and being. Pretty good. Iowa needs Luca Garza to be very good to elite. And when you can hold him to simply average or below his average, then you've done your job. I mean, he had four rebounds. And that, you know, Iowa did a good job on the offensive boards as a, as a team uh, with 13. But man, there were some times where it was just, it was ugly. And I think he, one, one last thing that, that, from a, a broad perspective that I think is probably going to get hidden. It's just Iowa gave up um, 18 fast break points 
And and like that's just, I saw that and and I was like, okay, so what counts as a fast point break point then? Because I, I just couldn't believe it. I feel like there must have been very gratuitous on the on their definition of fast break points. Well, like I mean, I guess, I guess a good example of of what you might not think is a fast break point that they probably count is like that trailing three that IO had in the first half. Oh yeah, um, yeah. But like that that was just one basket. I mean, they were getting layups. Um, and sometimes it's just like, you're eventually going to get called for these fouls. Just, just foul them at the rim. Like, please. They make it too easy for layups to happen in a league where Iowa is never given an easy layup. And and I think that, that that's kind of what you, my main takeaway is from like Fran's philosophy, just being at odds with how this league is called and his, you know, I mean, he, it's funny. Cause like, no doubt he probably played no fouls growing up in, in Philadelphia, but he has such a, a game that man, it just, you, you wish that Iowa gave a forearm shiver to someone every now and then that wasn't on their own team. Nice. I mean, yeah, you, you saw Connor and I, I guess I was maybe hoping for a little bit more aggression, a little more chippiness. Maybe it's just tough to manufacture without a crowd there. You, I mean, every time Connor was shown on the screen, his mouth was moving a mile a minute. Um, I was hoping that the COVID situation would have allowed us to better hear some trash talk, but overall I didn't catch much, but um, you know, it just, Take life as it comes. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that, that's a, a fair place to leave it. Um, just, I'm not really panicking, but I'm not as optimistic for the regular season as I would have liked to be over the next um, dozen games or so. Uh, but it's what it is life in the Big Ten with uh, Iowa basketball. I mean, like, here, here's the thing about your disposition, though. It's like, if I told you that Iowa wouldn't lose a game rest of the season, rest of the Big Ten season, like, would you be surprised? Yeah, this is why we need to table it, because I, I was going through it, and I would be surprised, because that, that would mean sweeping Michigan State, Rutgers, Wisconsin, well, we already um, Ohio State, oh, uh, yeah. All right, maybe beating yeah. Michigan at Michigan. Fine. All right, fine. I'm wrong. I I heard you. We get it. So I mean, it's you. You just have you just have to win the games that you can win if you're gonna if you're going to win Which the big is every time. game. Yeah, and you and you also have to win the games that you can't win. Like I mean, this is the the okay. perfect game where Iowa couldn't win. They just. And it's fine. It's what it is. Like, I'm not really complaining. It's just there, there was a lot that went against them, and, and they played well and stayed in it and got help where I didn't expect help. I didn't expect Nungie to play as well as he did or Perkins to play as well as he did. But you just need you just need these things to go your way, and it's it stinks, but, you know, there's, there's another game, and then there will be, you know, five more games after that in the next two weeks. So... Uh, you know, maybe I can go on a six zero run, and we're we're doing after parties after each one of them because, man, uh, everyone else is losing around them. That's also possible, right? So, um, maybe my slight pessimism is 
misguided, but it's what it is. Yeah, well, I'm going to say it is. All righty. All right. <laughs> well, that that is it for, for tonight, Ben. Uh, thank you for, for joining me. And as always, go Hawks. Oh, thank you.